You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Tonight, we're going to be actually, uh, I'm going to call him Pastor Adam again, but Pastor Adam is uh, my son. If you don't know that, he's my son. He, and uh, he's a minister in his own right. He was on staff with me for 13 years, and then he pioneered his own church. And now he's back you know, here with us and stuff, but also God's doing some things in his life. He's got an opportunity to minister to different people all around the United States. So we're actually helping him do these whole videos so that's going to be shown uh, in each state. So uh, we're going to keep having him just be a blessing and let him just minister the words, the word of God to you tonight again. Amen. So get ready. Let's give him a good warm Harvest Bible Church welcome. Madam, come on. this going to work? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So basically, uh, what are you saying? So I'm, I'm a member of the Cyber Christian Motorcycle Club, which is a, you know, it's a Christian three-piece patch. So we do things that you guys don't want to do. Um, minister to people that you're uncomfortable around, uh, that kind of a thing. And so part of, of our stance is we have a whole team, uh, it's called SWAT, which is a spiritual warfare attack team. You have to have certain um, cer- certain attributes about you and, and different qualifications to be on that team. I mean, it's just the truth. They look for specific things, um, you know, all the way down to where your wife has to, you know, be with you and, and, and be able to support you in that too and be able to jump on the front lines if need be. But... Um, that's not what I'm talking about, but we have, you know, they, they got a vision from God to, to, to do these spiritual warfare boot camps, and so I asked Pastor Mark if I could, could video it, and he said, why don't you use the Wednesday? So I appreciate you guys drawing, I appreciate him giving me the opportunity, and seeing the, uh, the benefit that this is going to have from, from here and, and future, because once it's on video, it's, it's always out there, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's one of the wonderful things about, you know... Well, I need to, I only have truncated time here, so let me stop. But so basically tonight, what I wanted to kind of talk about, um, again, we're going to do a similar format to to last Wednesday, but uh, this one is ungodly beliefs. You know, your truth must be compared to the Bible. And uh, what's kind of funny is even being raised in a, in a, in a pastor's home and and in different things like that, I'll never forget when I was fresh out of Bible school. And I was down here, and I'm trying to remember the phrase to save my life, but because I forgot it on purpose, because I was down, I was down there trying to put a message together, and I just couldn't find this scripture in the Bible. And it was, t- and after like in two hours, because you know he memorized the whole thing, um, I was, you know, I had to call my dad, just be like, "Where's the scripture at?" He starts laughing on the other end of the phone, and he goes, "That's not a scripture. That's just a confession of faith that everybody at Rama says." <laughs> I'm like, well, my whole message is like off the scripture I can't find, so now I got to redo it. And I say that because the funny thing is, is that sometimes we have these these beliefs that we think are absolute. Like this is a, this is my belief, what I believe, you know. And let me just say this first: if your beliefs don't govern what you think, say, and do, then they're not a belief. There you go. Okay, that your actions follow your beliefs. That's truly how it is. I can judge you by your fruit. That's what the Bible says to do. Says, you know, don't judge him by what he says, judge him by his fruit. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> praise God. But, um, <clears throat> so when we, when you and I always were looking for truth, when we're looking for absolutes, we, it has to come from the scriptures. The Bible says, let God be true and let every man be a liar. Yes, amen. amen. And so, uh, starting with that, just I wanted to just kind of, the, 
the definition of belief. And the definition of belief, it's a noun, and it's this. It's an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. The second one is trust, faith, or confidence in someone or something. All right? Uh, You and I usually have to unlearn a few things when we become born again, right? Into this new life of the believer. Uh, what kind of put the Lord brought to me was we have to put off old fables, you know, of our families and beliefs that we've picked up along the way that are not biblical. And thus the reason why we have no results in certain areas of our lives and always live in a state of frustration in these areas. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, you think, well, why does this not just doesn't always work? Why is this not working? Why is this? And, and, and because if I'm living off of what my mama said was gospel or what my grandma said was gospel and I never took the time to find out if it was actual gospel, well, that's why I'm frustrated. Yeah. Because even if it is actual gospel, I can't live off of their faith. I have to live off of my own. All right? This is part of being, being set free here. He says, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of some one of the examples that the Lord just kind of showed me, he says, would be this, you know, well, the Lord knows that I need a blessing. So if it's his will, I will have it. You know, that's completely wrong. God said that, you know, if you believe it, I mean, Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24, 22, 23, and 24, I can't go into that message, but it says, have faith in God. And then whatever you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you know, you can say to this mountain to be thou removed and thou be cast into the sea and whatever you believe in your heart, whatever you confess, it shall be done. Okay, the biggest thing is, is you finding out what the promises of God are for you and decreeing and declaring them out of your mouth to move mountains in your life. It's not if it's the Lord's will. It is the Lord's will. It's the Lord's will for you to hide his word in your heart and decree and declare it over your own life. You should be the biggest prophet of God in your own life. Does that make me a prophet? No, it makes you an owner of your own life, your own destiny. God's showing you. He's saying, listen, this ought not be. There's a scripture that says ought not be. If something ought not be in your life, you need to hurry up and figure out, fast and pray and ask God why this is going on. And he's going to give you a word to decree and declare against that situation. And you're going to watch things move in your life. The children of Israel had people wanting to kill them. And you got, I can't preach too much here, but I'm going to just go for it. The children of Israel, when they were, when they were set free, they had people come in that changed their mind. They said, we're going to go kill them and, and bring the majority of them back to work. But we'll just go kill a bunch of them and get them afraid so they'll come back willingly. And there was a big, what, the Red, the Red Sea. It looked like it was impossible. I'm pinned up into a corner. God tells a guy to raise a stick. So it says they walked across on dry land. We can debate whether it was the wind that was holding it back, it froze, it, who cares? We know that they went, and the thing is, is that when the guys that were trying to kill them decided, like, oh, it's standing up, we'll go through too, and it collapsed and killed them all. Yeah. Not one standing. You know what I mean? The, one of the craziest parts of that whole entire story is that they, you know that, that, that the children of Israel wandered around for 40 years, and by the time they got to Jericho, you know what Jericho said? We've been waiting for you, we've heard about your God. So if you tell us that God's giving you this, then we're scared to death. Yes, amen. They expected the walls to fall more than the Israelites did. <laughs> because God already killed the Egyptians. He opened up the sea and ate them. You know what I mean? Like they were like, this is, you know, let's just wait and see. You know, the other thing is <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> that the Lord kind of showed me in an example, and it was, I kind of just already alluded to it, whether it's my mama's faith or my granny's faith, you know, and it's almost even as simple as this. Is, well, Granny says that all dogs go to heaven. So I believe it and that settles it, you know. But there's no scripture in that. 
You know what I mean? I, I want to believe that too, okay? But, 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 <laughs> but we can only have the confidence towards God in the promises we find in his word and stand on in faith. You know, I mentioned that last week. We're not trying this. You never try being a Christian. You are a Christian. This is you're sold out. It's 100%. You know what I mean? That's the whole, this, this, is, this is a life. You know, I want to look at what the Bible uh, says, because when I thought about this topic, it was given to me by the Spirit of God. He quickened this word, and he quickened the word fable. All right, so I'd like to start with that, with the word fable, because there's actually uh, one, two, three, four, five scriptures that talk about fate, the, and then there's a sixth one, but that specifically talk about the word fable. All right, and uh, I think it's going to help you tonight. So the New Testament Greek word used for fable, fable in the next five scriptures will, will, that we will read means this, and it, it, it's, it's M-U-T-H-O-S, so muthos, if I said that wrong, sorry, forgive me, you don't have to correct me. It says, primarily, it signifies speech, conversation, and is a two-part word. It says that there's an M-U, which means to close, keep secret, be dumb, Whence the M-U-O, mule means to close eyes and mouth and muster on a secret, a mystery, hence a story, a narrative, fable, and genealogies. All right, so it's basically to fabricate a lie. Um, you know, that's the, the simple version of it, but well, let's keep going because it really says that in the sixth scripture. But in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, he says this, nor give heed to fables or endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. So fables, you know, we all grew up with folklore, tour, folklore as well, like little things around, like well, if you go around that corner at night, you know, it was funny because I was working with a guy and he was, he was saying that there was a... Uh, up on Pacheco Pass, if you guys know where that's at, there's a humongous power station, right? Well, if you go up there when there's no traffic, the, 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 the story is, is that there was a family up there that they hung from a tree, and if you try to park your car there, that your car will move. Like, they'll, come, they'll push your car. And, of course, a bunch of people, you know, kind of because you, you take, they would take people out there and, oh, my gosh, it's moving. But the thing is that there's, there's a power station there out there that generates so much power that your car becomes a magnet. It's magnet and it push, pulls your car and it does. It starts pulling your car faster and faster and faster. <laughs> but if you don't understand that stuff, you think you give yourself over to demonic spirits because all of a sudden now you're fearful and you've opened yourself up to this belief. And now all of a sudden at your house, the real thing's happening and the real thing's talking to you and the real, you're having some real issues. You know what I mean? That's why we got to guard ourselves against what we're, what we're choosing to believe because God, if any time that, that anything like that happens where somebody's saying, oh, that's a, that's a ghost or that's just, which I you know, try to guard my kids with that because we don't, we don't play those games where it's a ghost or it's a monster or it's this or that. Why? Because no, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Okay, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He, you know, says that perfect love casts out all fear. I don't have time to preach that message, but that's an amazing one. You know, you should do a study on that. God's love, God's love towards you. What he, you know, what he thinks of you. All right. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says this, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness. So again, this is all, all those things that we grew up, that mama said, that grandma said, that we thought was law, that we thought was Bible, 
But when we start actually developing a relationship with God ourselves, we find out that it would, some of it may have been good, and other parts was just manipulation to get you to act right. Okay? So, <laughs> you know, hey. And then some of it was just to validate their behavior because they didn't want you questioning them. Okay? And you may be guilty of doing the same thing, so we'll all just repent tonight and just make sure that we're always preaching truth, all right? The word of God. But he's saying make sure that you don't get caught up in these things. You know what I mean? Just because you see validity in something that somebody's saying doesn't make it not a lie. You know what I mean? I had a friend when we were kids that, that whenever we would almost get caught or whatever, he'd start lying, and I was like, man, I was with you, and I, and I believe you. <laughs> like, holy, this guy's got a gift from Satan. Like, this is, this is crazy, you know? He's laughing because he knows who he is. But the point is, is uh, <laughs> you know, because the Spirit of God, he was like, no, that's not right. I'm like, but it was perfect. <laughs> You know, you know, but second, and then I want to jump over here real quick. Second Timothy chapter four, four says this, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So that's another thing. Fables will be, they'll twist the word of God into tickling ears, what you want it to say. And that's the funny thing. That's why you and I have to read everything in context. We don't get to make it say what we want it to say. It's for, it's, it's for, it's for reproof. It's for discipline. God's saying, hey, I love you, but I love you enough not to keep you that way. Okay? Because I know you don't really want to be that stupid, so let me help you. That's the way he talked to me. Maybe he never said that to you, but that's the way he explained it to me, and I said, yes, sir, thank you. I don't like to be embarrassed. You know what I mean? I like to experience the goodness of God. I like when I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. I like being, in, you know, I like when the anointing of God is present upon my life. When God's instig- instigating things where I know that I have to, to pray for somebody or give somebody a word and everything in me saying, no, I don't want to, I'm scared to death. But I know that the power and the presence of God overcomes that fear and, we, and you watch a supernatural miracle happen in somebody's life. You know, because, you know, missed opportunities bring regret. And I don't like living in regret. I don't know about you, but that's, that's the biggest thing that frustrates me, is living in regret, is missing an opportunity. <clears throat> Second Peter, well, actually, let's go to, I want to just read this one. Titus, verse 1 and 14, uh, <clears throat> I said, or 4, says this, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. So he said that in 2 Timothy 4, 4 and in Titus all right, in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 16, he says this, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. All right, he's saying, hey, we did not follow cunningly devised fables. <laughs> this is one of the things that, why well, I, I said last week too, and I, and I always kind of share this, where, you know, when you get up and you hear a minister, this should always bring confirmation. It's not, it, it, you know, even if it's something that's, that, that, that's new and you're like, wow, that's good. It's, it's instigating you towards the word of God. Yes. All right. You guys should always, whenever we're reading scriptures and different things like that, write them down, go back, re-listen. Make sure on what I'm saying is correct in context. You know what I mean? Because we just talked about it. We can't make, we don't want to manipulate the word to, to, to say something that I want it to say. We want it to actually bring life. Okay. <clears throat> that's the biggest thing is because there's been times in my life where I didn't rightly divide the word of God and my prayers weren't being answered and I was getting frustrated with God and I had to find out why. And once I figured that out, okay, I was no longer frustrated. There was freedom there. There's free, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. All right, and then my prayers to get answered. 
because you get, you get in line with the word of God. <clears throat> That's the biggest thing. You know, it, uh, faith comes where the will of God is known. So you technically, like you got, you got your initial uh, little bit of faith given to you through the foolishness of preaching. The Holy Ghost convicts men's hearts into repentance. So you knew that you needed a savior. All right. But, but, but for you to grow, yeah, you only need a bit of mustard seed, but, what you, but for you, in order for you to grow, it says faith comes where the will of God is known, which means that you really can't expect God to do anything in your life, to move in your life beyond the extent of uh, uh, the amount of scripture that you know that you're actually confessing over your life. If you're having financial problems, which I need to stay on topic here, so stop pulling this way. But anyways, if you're having financial problems, does, does, does the scripture, uh, uh, I'm the head and not the tail? I'm blessed, you know what I mean? I'm the lender and not the borrower. Does that mean anything to you? Have you found that one yet? You know what I mean? Are you the solution or is there still the problem? And are you, are you frustrated with God because you think that he's not moving on your behalf? But you're not taking the time to seek and find truth? Because it says that the truth will set you free. You know what I mean? It's, it's like taking you to, to all, you know, uh, Golden Corral and, open, and taking you in there and I pay your way and then you just say, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm going to look at you like you're stupid. Like, you know, every, you know, you're not saying I don't like anything here. You're just straight saying I'm hungry. There's everything here. Find something. There's ice cream. No, who doesn't like ice cream? You know what I mean? Come on. Get something. So, and that's the thing. That's what the word of God is. Word of God is, 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 our, is our all-you-can-eat buffet. You know what I mean? And the fun, eh, well, let me stop. All right. Second, uh, <clears throat> Check this out. <clears throat> Again, that, that, that Greek word, M-U-T-H-O-S, muthos, is also, is always this way. It's to be in contrast with A-L-E-T-H-E-I-A, so eletheia, which is the Greek word for truth. So the word fable is always to be in contrast with the word truth. So it says if you're being, if you're being you know, uh, <clears throat> giving heed to fables, to these, to these genealogies, to these, to these things that, that, that sound correct. You know what I mean? Well, it's always been this way. And this is always the way that's kind of like generational curses. Well, it's always been this way in my family. So it's going to happen. It's just, it's just something that we have to deal with. God, you know, and then you say something stupid like, well, God says his grace is sufficient so I can deal with, I can go through this. Really? Because I can show you a hundred more different scriptures that talk about how <laughs> that Satan's the one that put that on your family and you're, you're the one that needs to stop it. That if you take your rightful authority in Christ, that it can die with you and you don't even have to be affected by it. <clears throat> so it's always, with your, and also with this word, logos, which means a story, a narrative purporting a, uh, to set forth facts. So this is the other thing. So it was also, in, it's always... Uh, in contrast with the truth, but it's also, but it's in association with logos, which means a story and narrative purporting to set forth facts. And this is where it's kind of crazy because we see this. It's actually in this scripture in Matthew chapter 28, 11 through 15. He says this. Now, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened, meaning when Jesus was, he rose again from the dead. That's what they're talking about. Okay. On the third day, it says, <clears throat> When they had assembled with the elders, they consulted together. They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying, tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. Okay, this is what a fable. This is the definition with that logos. And, and if it comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. 
you can make a lie truth. Okay? But that doesn't mean that it's the truth. You know, that's the, that's the amazing thing that I've seen in my whole life, my entire life, growing up, being a pastor's kid and, and, and you know, fifth generation preacher. That, what we've seen is we've always seen fact changed by truth. Meaning every time that there's been a fact, we've seen people that have been diagnosed with terminally ill things, and then all of a sudden they apply the truth, the God's word on their life, and they're still here. With long life shall I satisfy you. It's amazing. It's amazing how, you know, once you, we've seen people just in financial disarray completely, and then once they repent, start tithing and, 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 and work in God's system to where they're actually able to sow and become one of the biggest contributors to different ministries. I mean, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing how if you put God, that, 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 that the facts don't have to remain the absolute truth. That, okay, here's the facts. Here's what I did. Here's how I messed up. But what's the truth say? And I can, have, I can actually have a different outcome. You know what I mean? It's an, amazing, it's an amazing thing. I mean, one of the statements I think I heard a long time ago is that you may have done what they said you did, but you're not who they say you are. Why? Because you know what? I may have messed up, but you know what? I repented. So I am now the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. Behold, old things are passed away. All things have become new. You know what I mean? I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that's the... That's the <clears throat> one of the biggest revelations that we, that we need. All right, also check this out. So a fable is an account story in which actually there is a falsification of facts. Okay, so we're talking, again, you know, we're talking about ungodly beliefs and a truth must be compared to the Bible. All right, so if you think something is truth, show me your scriptural support. Okay, that's what we're talking about because this is where Satan, because Satan knows the word. But the thing about it is that Satan like, always takes things out of context. Yes. So if you, can, if you can go back and even if you think, you're like, well, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, go study it out. And then all of a sudden you'll have more ammunition to combat his nasty thoughts in your life. Okay? Yes. It says, I want to look at here a couple other scriptures in context of this word imaginations. Okay? Um, <clears throat> and in this word, in, in, the, in the King James Version is where it, actually used in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, this is where, you know, reasoning, if you're really an intellectual person that, that you know, you always uh, have to rationalize everything and you want to know the whys and the this and the that. So I, you know, I have friends that are, that are just like you and that it seems like it's more difficult because you want scientific proof. And the scientific proof is God said it, that settles it. God said, let there be light and there was light. God said, separate the earth from the water. Everything that you experience today is because God said something. That, that's the truth of the matter. You know what I mean? It's a, and they say, well, what about the big boom? I agree. Well, God said it, and boom, it happened. Okay? You know, it was, a, it was an amazing thing. You know, it says that God made it. You know, it was really, and I don't know why, but I just feel impressed to say this. What's really cool about that is God created everything, right? But there was only one thing that he breathed life into, and that was Adam. But animals breathe. <laughs> You know what I mean? Fish even breathe. They have to be in water, but they're, you know, the different complex. But the point is, is God actually, every, so every person, that, that, that every human being, God has, has the God breath of life yeah. in them. Glory to God. Amen. You're unique. You're, 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 you know, 
beautifully and wonderfully made. Yeah. All right? <clears throat> you're, you're meant. You know, you're, I really do believe that. I believe you and I are meant to bring blessing. You and I are meant to bring a power, a source, and, and a supply of the Spirit of God everywhere we go. You know what I mean? It was initially there. Um, yeah, check this out. In the New King James Version, that's typically where I live on the daily, um, he says this. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. It says, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in, the pr- in presence am base among you, and being absent and bold towards you, but I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh." That's the important part. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse five, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So we, casting down every imagination that we have. So there's a lot of things that, you know, again, some things that look, that may look right. This is where being spirit led is so important because sometimes things look right. Sometimes things make sense in the natural, but you just know by the spirit of God that it's not, you know what I mean? There's just, and I don't necessarily have a, an example to give you, but you just, you have a knowing when something's just not, not right of you know what I mean? That's why uh, <clears throat> it says that we have to. We have to <clears throat> uh, bring it into captivity. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. All right? Imagination in the Greek is this word. It's L-O-I-S-M-O-S. So losmos, I guess. It says, and it, what this is, is a reasoning or a thought. So a reasoning or a thought. You trying to get it to make sense. Trying to, trying to make it your own truth. Uh, what I mean by that is muddling it. You know what I mean? Meaning trying to make it say what, what, what you want it to say rather than what it actually is saying. And that's the biggest thing. It says it means reasonings. The words suggest a contemplation of actions as a result of the verdict of conscience, of conscience. Also, it also told me to look at this word. It said, look at the word thought. And thought in the Greek is noema, which, or maybe I'm saying that wrong, but N-O-E-M-A. And it's a purpose device of the mind akin to neo, a rendered thought. And, that, and that's where we read that in 2 Corinthians 10.5. Um, now, now, now that we went through these little word studies here in the Greek and have a tiny bit better understanding uh, that most, most of the information given to us is going to be slanted in some form by which one, the one delivering it wants it to be portrayed, if that makes sense, meaning that we have an understanding now that no matter what conversation you have, no matter what you hear, it's going to be slanted towards that individual's objection, okay? Even my, my right now, this, the, the, this evening, I want, I'm trying to help you have a little bit of ammunition to be set free so that you're not trying to live on a fable rather than the word of God, Amen. okay? Amen. Meaning that, you know, what somebody just said that sounded right. You know what I mean? Just even like I told you before, when in my own just kind of testimony or whatever, that a confession of faith is not a scripture. I can't live on a confession of faith. My confession of faith is a result of the truth that I receive from the scripture yeah, and something that God told me to say, almost like a mission statement for that hour. Like, hey, anytime that you get, you know, tempted, this is what I want you to say. You know what I mean? It's always going to be scripture. It's always going to be scripture. Okay? Um, 
<clears throat> and also we must agree that this, <clears throat> that this makes the word so much more important and that it has to be a sta- the, the standard of our belief system and what absolute truth must come from in our lives. There is absolute truth and it's the word of God. We have to judge everything through the word of God. All right, and here's where it gets fun real quick. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 17 through 24, he says this, uh, the apostle Paul writing to the Ephesians, he says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling had given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversations of the old man, which is corrupt according to his deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is the biggest thing. It's a regeneration. And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He's saying, hey, you're naturally going to to gravitate towards the, you know, the understanding being darkened. You're going to want, you know, tickling ears. That's why the Greeks were so, you know, they always said, we want to hear this new thing, this new thing that you say. You just give us something interesting to listen to. Give us a story. You know what I mean? Give us something new. God's saying, you have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Why is that also? That is so that you can judge everything that is said. <clears throat> you know, if, if, if somebody says, I have a word for you, and they, and, 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 and they give you a word, I hope that you're mature enough to understand that you're going to judge that word according to the scriptures that you know, that you've hid in your heart. Amen. Because if it's completely off the wall, you're going to say, ah, praise God, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that none of that's going to happen to me, and I just plead the blood, and in Jesus' name, we're going to go and do your will. Amen. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it's always, again, going to be a confirmation of what's going on in your prayer life. You know what I mean? And don't seek a word. I just feel impressed to say this. Don't, don't seek a word. Because anytime you get an actual word from God, it means that opposition's coming. Yep. <laughs> and God's going to have to remind you, did I not tell you this in secret? Did I not validate it through that man? Are you going to believe to see it through? Amen. So I like when nobody else gets involved in my business. <laughs> just me and God. You know what I mean? <laughs> we got a good thing going. Just me and God. But <laughs> so, <clears throat> you know, in Romans chapter 12... Uh, it's, uh, he says this, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In, in verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if you say, I don't know what the will of God is, or I don't know what the will of God is for my life. We just located you. Do not be conformed with, but ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. God's going to lead and direct you through the word of God. Amen. That's the biggest thing. No matter what, like all, all deliverance comes through seeking the father. Amen. It's going to come through the word of God and the revelations that he gives you. Because the biggest thing is, is I could come in and let's say I'm not, I don't think anybody in this room has a, has a devil or anything, but the thing is, is that let's say that somebody did, they manifest and I cast it out. 
okay? If I don't get you saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and get you in the, and, and make sure that you come to this church Sunday and Wednesday nights and get some friends that are going to talk to you during the, day, during the week and that they're going to have Bible studies with you and get you so full of the word of God, then, then it says that when they leave, he says he's going to come back and check. And if you're empty, he's going to get seven of his friends and come and, come and torment you worse. I actually did you an injustice. It's yeah. you, have to, you have to get the word of God on the inside of you. All deliverance, you have to be able to keep the ground. Sometimes, you know, there's, there's more oppression than, 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 than possession. Not, there's not, you know what I mean by that? We're all, we all have different things. And, and it says that Satan rose, goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he does. He comes and checks you out every once in a while. Just wants to see if you're off your game. Because if you're off your game, he wants to play a game. You know? It's just like what Pastor Mark has, has kind of taught us. He says, you know what? He's a, he's a fly fisherman. He throws those thoughts in there. And he just, oh, you didn't like that one? Oh, how about this one? Oh, how about this one? How, you know what I mean? And the cool thing is, is even when those temptations, it says no temptation has ever overcome you except that which is common to man. It says, God says when you're not able to bear it, he provides a way out. Yeah, That's the biggest thing, is that any time that you're struggling with something, you know what I mean? It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you ever want to quit something, like an addiction or whatever, whatever's going on in your life, anytime that you go to do that thing, just say, I'm going to do this to the glory of God. And you, you, you will not be able to do it. It'll break the power that Satan has over your life. You are not going to watch porn for the glory of God. You're not, you know what I mean? You're not, you're not going to drink, you know, a fifth every night for the glory of God. You're just not going to do it. Okay, not going to smoke meth for the glory of God. It just ain't going to happen. You know what I mean? It's just, so <clears throat> if you truly believe in your heart, it says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And it, it, this, it's this simple, which, is, which makes it so hard, right? That's, that's the kind of the thing is it's full trust in him and it's giving yourself over to him and believing that. Because God, any, again, it, you know, that whole thing, and I just feel impressed to pause it for a second, but it says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now you understand, God's literally, his, his anointing and his presence is going to fall in your life at that moment. Yes. It's going to cause you to want to, 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 to worship God. Yes. All of a sudden, you're going to remember the worship song that you heard that they led you in. You're going to start singing that. You're going to start making melody in your own heart. And things are going to start actually growing on the inside of you. You're going to start having, you're going to, be, you're going to feel different. Okay, because first you sense God, and then when you get incensed by God, it does. It actually affects your five senses. Okay, but it's always, you got to, you got to connect with God first. Because I don't feel God, like feel God. I sense him. I'm led by the spirit of God. So the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. You know what I mean? So and, that's, and how, do, how am I led by the Spirit of God? I read the Word of God because it says that his sons know his voice. And the only way that I know whether it's God or not God is, is it Scripture? That's right. is, he, is God bringing truth? Is he shining light on, the, on where I'm supposed to be and where I'm supposed to go? Is it, is it Scripture? Because if it's not, then I need to judge it. And I need to wait and time out. I need to do some prayer and fasting because it's, it's, it's probably not. It may sound like God, and that's the biggest thing. You know what I mean? I mean, in the Old Testament, it talked about the prophet, and he said that the earthquake came, the tornado came, the flood came. He said everything came. He said, and God's voice was not in it. He said, then all of a sudden, a still small voice, and it was the Lord speaking to him. 
That's the biggest thing. And I feel impressed to say this too, and, and, and just to help you guys, is that in times of, of turmoil, like when things are going crazy, those are the times where, where, where we have to fast and we have to pray, but we have to pray to the point to where we can't pray anymore. In other words, the entire room that we're praying in is so peaceful that we're just sitting there because that's when God's going to give you your answer. When you're in your chaotic moment, I mean, when you're praying and you're screaming and you're yelling and you're crying and you're just, God's letting you get it all out because he said, he said, bring it to me. So however ugly it comes out, it's all good. You know what I mean? Just don't do it in public. Do it in your house. You know what I mean? <laughs> do it in your prayer closet. But as you're doing that, once you get, once you get to that point, you know, you literally will. It's called prevailing prayer to peace. God will speak to you and your answer will be right there. And you'll be able to decree and declare. You know, because what's, you know what's so f- f- amazing with the Lord is that when that peace comes, you get up with a confidence and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed except for you are no longer in fear. You have, you're in faith. With, and God is saying, praise God. Now that you corrected the situation, we can move. You watch what I do now. You know what I mean? Before you were running around like crazy, he had to get you seated, sit down with your popcorn, with your soda, and say, well, now I'm going to actually watch God do something great in my life. I'm going to be peaceful. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much done here. I'm not going to be able to finish this. So let me see here. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to kind of end with this, but you know, you and I, I, I want to know what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God for my life. All right. And again, he tells me that if I transform my mind with his word, that I will prove it out, that I'll be able to prove it out. All right. Ephesians chapter five, you know, verse six six through 10 here says this. It says, let no man deceive you with vain words for because of these things come, cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them for ye were sometimes darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light for the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So again, I just leave you with that. Don't let no man deceive you with vain words. Just because somebody's making sense doesn't mean that it's, that it's the, that it's the truth. Judge it, judge it according to the word of God, judge everything that you've grown up, things that you feel are, you know what I mean? I mean, that's one of the things as a man that, that you have to kind of judge. You know, it says, the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. But a lot of times it's easier for us to hide behind work because actually being married, actually being a father isn't as easy as going to work and making a lot of money. It's just not. That's like vacation sometimes. You're like, I'm hanging out with, I'm hanging out with some guys that are pretty cool. I get to choose what I eat for lunch. Like my problems are all behind me. You know what I mean? And so, and and I say, and I say that is because a lot of guys hide behind their work and, and, and you say, well, I'm providing, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But nobody ever dies and says, I wish I would have worked more. And I said, I wish if I would have spent more time. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that, and I don't know why. Maybe this has helped somebody too, but it's that old Johnny Cash song, The Baron. 
when he when he meets the guy and he the kid's real good at pool and he but he's but he's kind of you know they're beating him and the kid gets mad and he throws that ring on the table and then he his mom comes out and he realizes that's his son and he got the whole preface is I wish I would have known you longer well, you know what I mean I would have t- you know you would have learned some things kind of a thing and that's we don't that you know that's the biggest thing is making sure that our priorities are always right let's make sure that that things are always you know we're not hiding we're letting let no man deceive you with with vain words okay don't let and this is the biggest thing because what when we when we develop that kind of thinking and i'm not trying to rebuke anybody what i'm trying to explain and and expose is this is that we keep ourselves from the full blessing of god all right and that's one of the crazy one of the fun things is is because anointings are transferred so the more you're in church, the more you're, you're around, like, especially if God puts a man of God in your life, you know what I mean? You want what's, what's in him. You know what I mean? You want what, what, when you see something inside somebody, well, the only way for you to get that is to be a part of, you know, where they're at. Let them teach you, let them mentor you, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're through the word of God. You know what I mean? That's the biggest thing is you're, is you're constantly hungering for the things. And what are we supposed to do? It says that a good man <clears throat> leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Amen. It's true. Yes. <clears throat> so when I say, you know, because <clears throat> my mom used to always say that, you're, well, you're fifth generation preacher. So the inheritance wasn't money. Yes, come on. It was a love for God, yes. a love for the anointing. Yes. You know what I mean? There was calls of God on Pastor Mark's family's life that they, he was the first one to just, that I know of to, to accept it, so to speak, full time. <clears throat> so what is that? That was another generational curse of disobedience that he broke. And then he transferred to all three of his children that are doing something for the Lord. Yes. That's where it's at. That's where, the, see, so, it, you know, as far as getting <clears throat> deliverance from some things, obedience is the most delivering factor in your life. And again, faith comes where the will of God is known. You can't be obedient if you don't know. It says, listen and obey is my favorite phrase with my children. <laughs> listen and obey. And that's basically what God is constantly telling us to He says, hey, dude, if you read it and you listen, you'll be able to obey and you'll always get the ice cream. You know what I mean? Or the steak or whatever it is. I'm going to lead you. There, there's storms, you know, don't tell me. There's, I'm not saying there's not going to be any storms. You know, storms come to us all but we're going to be able to navigate through those storms because constantly he's leading us to still waters. He's leading us to green pastures because I know his voice and because I know his voice, you know, and I'm not trying to preach long. I apologize, but I, because I know his voice, there's safety in that. Even when there's, when the storms of life are coming, I remember when I was a child, when we were in Pennsylvania and it was just my, myself, my father, another gentleman and his son, and we were looking at some places to hunt, I think, or whatever. It was something. Or there was another dude. I don't remember. But I do remember this. All of a sudden, it was kind of like it started to like rain, but it started to hail really, really bad. And it came across. All right? And it, was, and it hurt. So what he did was is he put his back to the hail and put me in front of him. You know what I mean? <clears throat> And so the storm was all around us, but because I knew him, because I knew his voice, and he was saying, hey, hang on, just, just, just relax for a minute. You know, I mean, he was, I'm sure it was painful, <clears throat> but it's the same thing with God. <clears throat> is that if I'm, you know, <clears throat> it's the whole, the, whole, the whole thing is that God wants to keep you. God wants you. So if you listen, 
and you obey, you'll eat the good of the land. If you listen and obey, you'll be protected. If you listen and obey, you'll be healed. If you listen and obey, why? Because he says, I am the all in all. All right, let me just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to gather together in your name. Thank you, Lord, that... I pray that this has helped some people this uh, this evening, Father, and that we were able to just kind of come at your word from a unique standpoint and understand uh, and get us to think, Father, get us to challenge some of those beliefs that have been frustrating us because honestly, Lord, they're not biblical and we need to judge everything according to the word of God. Why? So that we can break the power that Satan has over us, especially in our minds. So, Father, we know that, that the washing of the water of the word, the renewing of our mind, Father, that's exactly what you're trying to get, get us to do, Father, is to see it. You want us to see you and also understand how you see us so that when we ask anything in, in your son's name, you will surely do it for us because we act in faith, Father. And I just I thank you, Father, for that. I thank you for, for every individual that's watching, every individual that's, that, that's here, Father, and that you just expound upon this in their personal time, Father, as they, as they do a daily word and prayer time, Father. And, and that those times of worship, Father, and fasting, Father, that they just, you just show yourself strong on their behalf as they look towards you, Father, because that's what you said. You said you're looking. You searched the whole earth to show yourself strong on the behalf of those whose hearts are perfect towards you, meaning those who are looking steadfast towards you in faith. And I thank you, Father, for that, that we can't help but go from glory to glory and from faith to faith, Father, for it is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that we overcome the world. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise until we see you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.